Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Behind the Knife, the surgery podcast, where we take a behind-the-scenes intimate look at surgery from leaders in the field. Welcome back to Behind the Knife. If you could go back to your very first day of intern year and tell yourself one thing, what would it be? Man, what a question that is. And as we approach July, a particularly timely one as well. For years, we have posed this question to our esteemed guests. And for years, we have been treated to thoughtful, witty, and definitely some inspirational answers. And today, we're going to share some of our favorite answers. So let's get right started. I'm joined uh, by Dr. Scott Steele, Dr. Kevin Canary, and Dr. Ali Belgongolo, who is a recent graduate from the University of Arkansas and a soon-to-be surgical resident at the University of Kentucky. Welcome, everyone. So in preparation for engineer, Dr. Gongolo went back through old BTK episodes and compiled every single answer to this question, which is amazing. So Dr. Gongolo, thank you for doing that. It's an absolute goldmine. Uh, so so let's get started with with a question or two for you. Uh, first, why did you take it upon yourself to, to compile these quotes? What, what did you get from it? First of all, thanks so much for having me. I think the background for on a personal level, why I even thought to do it, I came across, came from growing up playing sports and I still have quotes from coaches from years and years ago that I remember and that still come to mind when things get hard or just when things aren't going great. And that's probably the best explanation for why it seemed like a good idea in the first place. And then during interview season, a few months ago, I was re-listening to some early BTK episodes and I heard a couple of the, of the old, of the intern advice from the guests. And I just started thinking, yeah, I should, I should write some of these down and remember them, you know, for when July 1st rolls around. And um, that turned into writing all of them down and it turned into something cool. And the cool thing about it now for me is that it seems like it's going to be helpful for other residents too. Yeah, it's phenomenal. We've been sharing them on, on Twitter regularly a couple of times a week. Um, Ellie Bell has been releasing a few of these, these quotes and, and linking it to the old episodes in case you're interested in taking a listen. So you, you are about, you got a bunch of, of, of folks have gone through residency on this, on this podcast right now, but you are about to start residency. So what are you most nervous or apprehensive about as you prepare to start training, which is literally in what, three weeks or so we just, we just learned. Yeah, just a few weeks. And I'm definitely nervous about several things. Um, in general, I think I have a healthy respect for just simply the, the hard work and the clinical challenges that we're going to face. I don't think there's any way not to be nervous about that. Um, specifically, I think I'm most nervous at just about the time it'll take to figure out how to balance everything. Um, in addition to the clinical work, I'm passionate about research and writing, and then on a personal level, you know, just running and cycling. And I think it's just going to take just going to take some time to figure out how to balance that. That's the truth. Now, you personally went through all these quotes, so can you start us off with a quote or two 
that means something to you. Uh, you know, again, as someone who has yet to start their training, uh, tell us, you know, what these quotes meant to you or the, or one or two that were particularly special. The one that comes to mind, if I had to choose, is probably from Dr. Seymour Schwartz from episode 184. He said, develop a romance with medicine or surgery and take advantage of all aspects that make it romantic. Just like John Gibbs doing the work for pulmonary embolism and ending up with a cardiac bypass, look to the surgical issues that occur that are romantic. I would like to see people spend more time on scholarship for their own satisfaction. And I really like that one because another one of my big fears with residency is just keeping my perspective. I've been looking forward to, to starting training and to being a surgeon, kind of building it up in my head since I was in college. And I just, I know it's going to be really hard and I don't want to lose sight and lose that perspective. Yeah, it's a particularly uh, a stirring quote for sure. Um, let's get started with Dr. Steele as well. Um, you had a chance to review all these quotes. You've asked the question uh, countless times as one of the BTK founders. Do you have a favorite quote or two you can uh, share with the listeners? Yeah, first of all, I, I do. I, I don't know if it's a favorite, but I first, like you, Patrick, I want to say thank you to Allie Bill for doing this. I mean, it actually made me laugh because the behind the scenes things that used to happen with Kevin, Jason and I back in the very beginning when we were talking about, okay, what are we going to do? What's the final five? And trying to think of these things and kind of coming up with, you know, what would you ask yourself on intern day? And seeing this incredible list that you've compiled. And then for those of you who get the opportunity to hopefully see how she organized them in terms of the different ways of advice really brought back a lot of memories. And I can remember countless hours sitting at Kevin's table, just laughing behind the scenes as we were trying to think about how we are going to edit this and who we're going to ask and just reaching out and asking different people and then saying, oh my God, that guy asked or said this, or they agreed to come on our show, which we couldn't believe in the early stages that we could even get guests. So now to look at how far we've come, and it's a credit to all our listeners. So so thank you all. And, and, and Ali Bell, you have no idea what it means actually, to me personally. I know I speak probably for Kevin. And the, it, the, the memories with each of these different shows is incredible. Um, to, that's a long way to say, Patrick, you know, I don't have one. I, as a matter of fact, I can look through each one of these and remember what they said and remember a little bit about the episode and what I was thinking. You know, I, I would just say, you know, one of the ones that jumped out to me for sure is a very close friend of mine who's actually an orthopedic surgeon, you know, John Devine from episode number 53, who said, you need to approach your profession with passion. You have to like it. If you don't like it, you probably ought to find something else to do, but it can't be everything thing you do, you have to balance your outside life with your professional life. And as somebody who has, you know, gone through a residency and a fellowship and combat deployments, and now is in an unbelievable job. And I would say to you that that same advice holds true is that, you know, what that it, the passion always needs to be there. And I think all of us have heard a lot about the difference between, you know, uh, you know, a profession or a job and something you truly care about. And that that holds so true. And it's just always remembering about your patients. And that balance. And I, I can tell you, I, to go to Ellie Bell, some of the things when she talks about balance and want to do this and that and cycle and run and everything, I would tell you that I vividly remember in residency and then in fellowship, and then even starting out surgery, people saying, Oh, you can't do this. or you can't, you can't run marathons anymore. And I was like, why can't I run marathons anymore? I just get up earlier. Let's do it. And, um, and so that balance is critically important because it allows you to be able to still have that passion and that, 
that ability to take a look at the larger perspective. So I really like that quote. And I really think that passion is something that, you know, whether it's passion, education, passion, researcher, hopefully taking care of our patients, that passion is what really drives you forward and really allows the great things to happen. And I'll follow up on that a little bit too. And, and at times it can seem near impossible. And some days it actually is almost impossible to find that time to pursue one of your passions. But uh, the people that manage to do it uh, just somehow find that time and and make it a priority and carve that out to, you know, do some, like you said, exercise. Uh, that cannot be replaced. Sometimes that means you sleep a little less, uh, but it leads ultimately uh, to more balance. And I do think that it's uh, uh, huge when it comes to that, keeping that that passion, which can and will uh, uh, for our incoming interns, it can and will be difficult to always keep that passion and keep it in perspective, but doing things outside of the hospital and, and uh, you know, staying on the bike and stuff for people like Ali Bell is, is critical and important. Yeah. Just one thing I'd add to that is I feel like I utilize my time, my free time. It, it is so precious to me after training, you know, before training, I'd spend a whole weekend watching football or something. Um, but now it's like, you know, th this is critical time that I've waited for, for two weeks to, to whatever it is, go on a long bike ride, go take my dog to the park, et cetera. And so you really, I, I feel like I make the most of, of that time. And so, um, and I can tell you though, uh, when you talk about the running biking, I remember, uh, Dr. Steele lent me his, uh, his very expensive, I think it was a Cervelo, um, uh, triathlon bike and paid for my entry fee. Uh, into the local Ironman 70.3 when I was a research resident, he just handed me cash and he goes, here, go, go. If you, if you do it, I'll, I'll pay for it. And I'm like, I'll do it. And so, um, you know, definitely, there's definitely opportunities for that, especially during research years. And uh, um, definitely pursue that. And I got that bike back with a ton of scratches on it. <laughs> <laughs> Only fell a few times. A little big for me and a couple <laughs> crashes here or there. But yeah, it worked out well. All right, Kevin, what about you? Do you have a, a quote that stuck out? Yeah, it's not as, uh, you know, profound in some ways, but I think it really is, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm coming out from my first year of being an attending and coming up on the end of the first year. And uh, I think it's from Keith Willemo. Uh, everyone knows who he is. He's the chair at MGH, um, loved by everyone, it seems like. Um, but his quote is just, be available, affable, able, and know your limitations. And I think, especially as a junior attending, um, I think I've made a lot of headway or uh, in some ways just by being available um, when people need help at any time, they can call me being friendly um, as much as I can be. Um, and then, you know, but know your limitations, you know, I, I can't do everything. I don't know. Uh, and I know some of my partners have skills that I don't have. Um, and so reaching out to them uh, when we're in those situations. Um, so, you know, it's, I'm not sure if it's as quite as applicable to residency. It's definitely applicable to residents, but even as a, uh, like a junior staff, I think that really is some uh, wisdom to live by. You know, I think that as you take a look at that, Kevin, obviously Dr. Lillamo has been uh, an incredible mentor to so many people that are listeners of the BTK. I know me personally, you know, a mentor from afar and really had taken the time and the effort. And what, what I would say along those lines is that, the amazing thing about a lot of this list is that I think that we can look at the same quote and depending on the level that you're at, take something a little different from them. And it's still applicable to all of us, you know, as Ali Bell is, you know, reaching in, you could have gone back and say, okay, I'm graduating 
college and I'm going to go into medical school. And some of these same exact quotes would have been applicable to that. And, you know, I really appreciate you saying that, you know, sometimes, you know, is it profound? Well, not really, but it really is in a way too, right? It's it just, it, it, it's something that makes you think and makes you stop and say, boy, this is how I can become a better person. This is how I can become a better physician, a better surgeon. And, you know, in a, whether that's in your personal or your professional life, it's, I think it's really, really, you know, something that kind of touches you with each one of these quotes. And so it's been amazing to see. And, and Patrick, I'll, I'll circle back to you now and I'll say, you know, you're the newest member of uh, full-fledged BTK and put it forth so many hours and everything into that. And when you look at this list, yeah, what, what are some of the things that jump out at you? Yeah, I have one a particular one I want to share. But before I do that, I want to I want to break down that Dr. Lillimo quote again, because I think it does apply across all uh, levels of training and into practice and into your career. But it is so good for intern uh, year. And so Dr. Lillimo said, be available. Right. And so that's be available to your patients, be available to your staff, be available to your co-residents, um, affable. Uh, that can be tough to do when you're working long hours and you're exhausted, but you want to put forth that, uh, that, that good attitude. You, you, um, uh, that affable uh, affect is, is critical. And you want to build that from the very beginning to be someone that uh, comes off that way, because that's someone that people like to be around. And that's important. And um, especially when the hours are long and, and you're, you're exhausted, if you can maintain that affable affect, phenomenal and able able's able's huge right that that's the person who's prepared that's the person who's read that's the person um, who will uh, uh, take the dissector from dr Steele and show them how to get that colon off uh, the lateral wall uh, those are the people that uh, thrive in in surgery and in residency and then last know your limitations man is that important uh, as kevin said for first year in, in practice and then also first year in training, you know, it'll be uh, July uh, 4th and be the middle of the night at some point and, and you're going to have a sick patient, brand new intern. That's when you uh, pick up the phone and start calling everyone, you know, and say, Hey, give, give me a hand and let's, let's do what's right for the patient. So what a phenomenal quote from a phenomenal person. So I'll move on to mine. Also a phenomenal person, Dr. Hassan Alam, who is, who is uh, uh, my mentor at Michigan now chair at Northwestern, a phenomenal individual and extremely talented. And his quote was this too shall pass. It's painful. The gap between what is expected from you and your skill set probably is never as wide for the rest of your career. Just have the long view. And so it's, I think it's normal to feel overwhelmed and and, and inadequate uh, quite often, uh, maybe even on a daily basis. And I can remember days when it felt like the world was, was imploding on me uh, uh, during, especially, especially during intern year when you're holding multiple pagers. So it's note after note, you're trying to write, it's getting that sitting down to do that discharge document for the patients that's been there for eight weeks and hasn't been started yet. And it's like just soul crushing. And, um, it's first, it's the first in, in the OR with this certain attending. It's the first of your, you know, thyroidectomies. It's the first time you've ever rotated on vascular. So it's one first after another, and you're not knowing enough and you're feverishly trying to figure it out. And, um, you know, I remember trying to get things like the list lists printed on time, even, you know, it was so, so stressful. Um, and, uh, but you know, I, what I think is really amazing is each year you progress through your training and each year, even I can see it already in, in practice, uh, you, you become more and more competent and the gap between what is expected of, of you and your skill set shrinks, just as Dr. Allen says, and it keeps shrinking to the point where at least I believe so far as it becomes 
easier and easier to go ahead and actually take the long view and enjoy your training and enjoy uh, those interactions uh, with patients, which uh, some sometimes get lost in the mix. Yeah, I think that, you know, Hassan is just, you know, an incredible person. I think that, again, as we look at the different categories of each of these, you know, we're talking about things such as essentially, you know, don't be proud, you know, understand your limitations, be friends with the nurses, you know, come prepared, have that passion. I remember my first uh, day of, not my first day, but my first a uh, few of internship, we used to have a vascular surgeon, Dave Tollison, who used to say all the time at Madigan, he'd say that, you know, independence of thought is encouraged, independent of action is probably discouraged. And I'm sure we've all heard a similar type quote in many different ways, but just encouraging you to understand that there are limitations that you may have that may be a good idea, but run that by somebody before you kind of have to do, unless it's in an absolute emergent setting. And, you know, when you talk about even the four quotes that we just mentioned right there, when you kind of piece them all together and then you look at this greater list, I think it really allows you to think about how I can I kind of embody this? How can I then incorporate this into the daily practice? And, and, and Ali, what, when, you, when you really kind of went through and you were taking these and uh, kind of categorizing them, did you have any other kind of take-home messages? Did you feel overwhelmed? Did you feel encouraged? What what type of emotions did you have in going into your intern year? Mostly encouraged. And it was the encouraging ones that first stuck with me. I have a category that's that I called stay hopeful. And there's a large group of them that that was kind of the message that in various ways, you know, it gets better, like Dr. Jordzoff said, or, or just stay hopeful. It's going to be worth it. And that was the the overwhelming message that I got. And I want to share one of the earlier uh, quotes that Dr. Agala put up on Twitter was from Dr. Ali Salim and said, quote, just stay with it. Even when you're discouraged and unhappy, know that you can get through it and it only gets better. And that was one of the initial ones was posted because uh, that does that quote in, in some way, shape or form was also that or that sentiment, I should say, was shared by a number of other other guests in some you know way, shape or form. Now, Kevin, I'm going to ask you, do you have an answer to this question? If you could go back to your very first day of intern year and tell yourself one thing, what would it be? You know, I, and I think of things in the past year that have made uh, my job easier and made my care of patients improve. Um, I, I think the one thing that has helped me is the, to the patients I've really gotten to know. So I, I would recommend get to know your patients know their family, know what motivates them. It will help you plan your treatments and it will make it less of a job and more of a passion. So as like an intern as a resident, sometimes this is possible, sometimes it's not. Depends on the service you're on and um, things like that. But as an attending, when you have these patients coming in with aneurysms or whatever um, it is, uh, leg ischemia, et cetera, sometimes you get a chance to know them um, and, and get to know sort of what they do and who they are and what their goals are. Um, and all these things are really important. Um, and, and then when you have a, a problem or they need repeat surgery, things like that, it, it really, it, for me, at least it takes the, the sting off of it of like, oh man, I have to go back and operate. And it's like, oh, that's, that's Mr. Doe. Like he's my, yeah, that's my guy. Like I'm going back. Um, and so, um, so anyways, I, um, you know, I think that's one thing that has, has helped me, um, you know, 
take better care of patients. And, and that's the best way to be a doctor too. I think Kevin is completely right is to, is to start at that baseline of, of you're caring for an individual, right? You're caring for a human being um, that you want to treat them like family and, and give them the, the attention it deserves. And that can be very, very challenging when you're busy. It can be very, very challenging. Uh, but that's, that's core to everything that we do. And um, it, it's what makes being a surgeon so special because you instantaneously have that trust. I still find it amazing. You can walk into a room with someone or, you know, you go down to the ED for a consult and they say, you know, hi, I'm, I'm Dr. George off and you have X and Y problem. I'm going to take you to the operating room and, you know, you're gonna go to sleep and I'm going to cut you open. I mean, the level of trust is, is insane. And uh, you form a special bond with, with patients uh, without a doubt by simply going through that. And the better you know them, um, the kinder you are to them and your family, the more clear you are with your explanations and, and your, um, your care of them, just it's, the better, it's better for everyone. And it, and it means a whole lot more to you when you put in those hours and time, for sure. So one, one thing I'll just throw out here, sorry, Dr. I'm going to cut you off. Uh, so my wife is a post-surgical nurse, um, and that's where I met her, um, on 7 North, uh, Dr. Steele probably remembers that floor. And uh, she remembers, she, you know, she has varying opinions on Dr. Steele. You know, he's very intense and opinionated and things like that. But she's like, he's, he was known on 7 North for sitting down, pulling up a bedside, finding a chair and sit, spending 15 minutes on rounds, just talking to his patients. And even, uh, and so I've always respected Dr. Steele for that. I've never told him that, but uh, it, it was noticed even by the, the seven North nurses. A common, well, the, a common theme though, right? The, uh, uh, if the nurses are noticing too, that's, that's, a, that's a huge plus. We, that's a common theme that came out through the quotes as well. As Dr. Steele mentioned earlier, be nice to the nurses. If you can impress them with your bedside manner, even better. Yeah, I think one of the things that somebody said once that I've kind of uh, I've thought about many times is they say, remember that there's no more intimate relationship than you can have than what a surgeon will have with their patients. You're physically going into their body and in many cases fixing something or taking something out. I mean, and when you consider what that all kind of uh, beholds, I, I think, Patrick, kind of along the theme of what you said a little bit earlier, I mean, it is an incredible amount of trust, whether you're a you know, a, a trauma surgeon, a surgical oncologist, a breast surgeon, any one of the different ones, vascular surgeon, it's still, it's, I mean, you're, you're, you're really, really having an experience that is, that is just uh, unlike any other in the world. And, you know, and sometimes things can go wrong and they're looking at you. And we know that even with the best laid plans, sometimes go awry and, and you can have a perfect operation, quote unquote, uh, and still have a poor outcome. And, you know, you got to take a look and realize that's even of utmost importance that you went into it with thoroughly prepared with the right plan and standing with buy-in from the patient and, and having their best interests in mind. And that's critically important because, uh, you know, ultimately, you know, our, our goal should be for making their lives quality of life better or to having some successful outcome. And so, uh, I think that intimacy and that relationship, I always joke to the colorectal fellows, you know, you might walk in on somebody and you'd say, you know, within three minutes, you're like, okay, I'm going to look at your backside, something that is absolutely right. People will spend decades with a spouse or a significant other and not talk about that aspect of their body. And we, it's just normal us to go in and be able to do that. So keep those little things in mind. It's critically important to make sure that, um, that you know, right from the get-go that you understand, you know, what they're coming in and the trust that they're putting in you in order to take care of them. And I think that's an incredible, incredible position to be in. 
Dr. Steele, if you could go back to your very first day of intern year and tell yourself one thing, what would it be? So you texted me twice and, uh, and, and said that it's for me to answer the question. You got to answer the question. So the only thing I will say is the same thing I learned for every single episode, and that is dominate the day. All right. I'll take it. So I'm going to close this off for Ali Bell. This is, this is for you. This is very, very important. Okay. This is critical. And for all our listeners, you should never, ever, ever call your significant other, your spouse, or whomever, and told them that you are leaving or have left the hospital until you are in your car with your seatbelt buckled and you have left the parking garage. That is the only time it is safe to pick up your phone and say, I am coming home. Okay. Don't ever forget that. I still make that. That's still my problem. But all right. So uh, again, thank you very much to Allie Bell. And we wish her the best of luck at the University of Kentucky. Uh, so keep an eye out on our Twitter handle at Behind the Knife uh, for more quotes uh, from Dr. Gongolis. She releases them. And if you enjoy the content we're putting out, which we sure hope you do, can you please, please, please take a minute out of your very busy day and leave us a review on whatever platform you stream from. This is uh, actually really, really important for, to us uh, and it helps drive our growth in a, in a lot of ways you may, not, uh, you may not even think. So until next time, Dr. Steele. Dominate the day. Until next time, dominate the day. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.